0: Digify Native Artist Series. I'm your host, Chandra Eklugan Safran. Today, I talk with Chloe Kluckshaw-Kavanaugh. Chloe is a graphic designer whose work to carry on her grandfather's designs goes beyond visual art and stretches into community. At only 26, Chloe's leadership roles come naturally. Her formline work as Black and White Raven Company is fun, modern, and caught attention instantly for her ability to visually address tough conversations faced within Indigenous communities.
1: Being raised around the conversation of the blood quantum and like this number that's associated with how Indigenous you are that just really like divides us.
0: Yet all of her work embodies the spirit of playful Native joy.
1: That we're just Indigenous. You wake up, you go to bed, Um, We laugh. We might have better jokes, but like... (laughs) like,
0: As a leader in LGBTQ plus support circles, Chloe's active roles in the communities to which she belongs makes her a model for moving from acknowledgement to action.
1: Putting a shirt out there saying support LGBTQ plus youth, it's about me actually creating those spaces of support. And I think similar to a land acknowledgement, it's not about just saying we recognize these horrific things that have happened. Okay, now where's the space? Where's the actual acknowledgement? Where's the action in that?
0: Oanga Ikhugan Chandra Safran, and today I talk with Chloe Cluckshaw kavanaugh Sensitive content is discussed in this episode, including the 2021 uncovering of graves at so-called schools— in North America, and the role that led to the Pope's apology to communities in what's today known as Canada. This is the Indigify Native Artists series. Our theme music is Khamayopik by Inuk artist Reet. This conversation has been edited for clarity and length.
1: My name's Chloe Cavanaugh, my Clinkit name's Cluck Shaw, um, I'm Eagle Wolf Wassonady out of Cake, Alaska. My grandfather it was Raven Frog and I honor his family by acknowledging my outer shell. Um, and I do graphic design, I do graphic art, I do apparel. I'm responsible for the Juno Pride logo this year, and that they stole more than land, um, build community, burn the church, kill the colonizers, save the Indian. I've done work for Frank Katass's where the summit meets the stars. Um, gosh, I've been busy this year. <laughs> My mom had a sweat lodge in the back of our house, and she was a fire tender, and. My grandpa was just a firm believer in being kind and being loving towards people. So I moved in with my grandparents when I was 14, so we were incredibly close. I grew up watching my grandpa carve in our garage, thinking that was normal. I just assumed everyone's grandparents were in their garage carving and playing music, and that's, like, some of my my favorite memories is watching him work, watching him play music, and there was always music in the kitchen. He was always swing dancing with my grandma in the kitchen, making pancakes. Like, just just an amazing man. I got my clinket name passed down from my great-grandfather, Kluck uh, Shaw, and I think there's always, like, that family tie of it either was passed down to you or, or given. um, and there's like that, I think with all things like, and that ties in beyond names, but into values of like carrying with us, the knowledge that was, was gifted to us. At least for me, being a kid, I didn't realize how important that was until we're kind of left with carrying the torch a little bit because those people aren't with us. And then you realize how much they were caring for us and how much they were doing. That was actually like a conversation with my um grandpa's mom as she was passing and she we were like sit I was sitting by her bedside and um playing with her hair and we were talking and she said, Oh, ev- everyone in cake is talking about all this art you're doing. And I had just started doing things and um she's like what are you doing um and I said oh well I'm doing a little form line grandma and she just was like nope Mm, I I don't know what that is and I I was like grandma you know this woman has lived in cake forever you know a really strong badass indigenous woman I was like grandma form line and I was explaining it to her and then she just like looked terrified and was just like no, 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 no. Like I, I had to give that up. If I, if I wanted to be with God, I had to give all that up. And I, like, what? In no moment was I upset with her. I just like felt hurt. And I remember walking out of the room and just crying and looking at my, my grandma, um, who was married to my grandpa. And I just was sitting there crying. And she just looked at me and she said, "You know, like, that's just you know, that's." That's the generational trauma of it. I realized how much my grandpa was carrying. Like, he wasn't... We weren't coming from, like, someone who was teaching him the culture, teaching him how to carve, or teaching him how important form line was, but was really carrying that weight for our family and to know that like I was kind of feeling the same feeling he was feeling of so hurt and feeling how much had been taken um but still so willing to every it it just made those memories looking back so much more important of like not only like seeing growing up and what that meant for me to see him carve and to see him design but what that now meant for generations and generations reclaiming things that like with just a generation away from him was such a deep hurt and that religious trauma and what that had taken from a generation that he was rebuilding and it just felt like so much more um and you felt like that weight that he was really just caring for the entire family and a weight I didn't have to experience because he really took that on for all of us. I only started doing graphic design really out of wanting to preserve my grandpa's designs and coming home during the pandemic and being faced with the reality for the first time of he's not here. I didn't really come home when he passed. I didn't want to feel the reality. So I think when I did come home and I had all of his templates from his carvings and his designs It was my time to, like, sit down at a computer and digitize all of these designs that were his and also get to feel all those things I felt during my childhood of watching him work. He didn't really talk about his projects with me. He was a super, like, humble man. And I think there's stuff just, like, our family, they don't talk about.
0: Talking with Chloe, I was continually struck at the wisdom packed into the reflections of someone so early in their career and who had such clarity about how her work could actively contribute to her communities.
1: He had this template of this face figure that was just literally, he had used tracing paper and had kind of sketched it out. And so I digitized that. The following year, after doing that, I was at um, the Pride picnic at Sandy Beach. And this preschool teacher who taught my little brother came up to me was like, I saw you post on Instagram this design forever ago. Um, I wanted to tell you, like, the story behind that. It's actually a painting of a drum he did for your little brother's class. Do you want to see it? Um, and so sent me a picture of the drum and the design. So I was able to take the design from the drum and digitize that. And it felt like connecting pieces of a story of who he was You know them as your dad and you know them as your grandpa and you know these shades of who they are. So I think that was one of my favorites because it was the start of piecing the puzzle together of this different side of who he was, which was really exciting. I knew the guy that made pancakes for me and um, had really bad um, jokes that I would poke fun at. Um, And I got to see, like, for the first time, like, wow, this, like— this incredible giving human being and all the things that he was a part of and all the different people he touched in the community and what that means to me now to get to hear about it.
0: Chloe carries on her grandfather's story in recreating his designs and in giving back to her home region through donations that come from her creative work and as a leader in Juno's support group for LGBTQ plus young people.
1: I think of where we're at now and we've got drag shows and we've got youth things at the Zach Gordon youth center and amazing like LGBTQ plus support groups and experiences. And I never really felt that in high school. Like we had one club in high school, but you're always a little scared because you were basically outing yourself if you went. So it was always, it just felt too taboo. And those conversations weren't necessarily had, um, within the indigenous community around like I never knew like is this okay am I allowed to be me is this um and it was never anything bad was ever said but nothing was ever really talked about until I was 16 and I packed all my things at my grandparents and I texted my grandma and I was like I've already packed my things grandma I'm gay (laughs) like and she was like yeah, okay, come come home. And that I really realized it it didn't matter and you like think about all these like age gaps that maybe like I just assumed like they're coming from a different generation, they're maybe they won't accept me. Um my grandpa's super culturally involved. Maybe I don't know if that's good or bad. Am I allowed to am I allowed to be gay and am I allowed to be indigenous? Is is this allowed? And that experience with my grandpa, just like, he never questioned it. it. was just like, well, you know, it is what it is. He was very just like, treated it as if nothing had changed at all. Like, it was like, of, of course. And I think that, like, moving forward had everything to do with my confidence in, in everything I do. Like, I didn't feel different because I was gay. My family just was like, this is you, we love it. Right, for your apparel company...
0: You find support in, like, LGBTQ creators as well. Yeah, yeah. But also offer support. So that reciprocity, again, is not just a concept. It's actually an action. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about finding support for your apparel company in LGBTQ communities?
1: Just because I'm LGBTQ plus doesn't mean that, like, that's enough for me to, you know, to really say that I'm a part of a community. Like, being a part of a community is an action, you know, and I think we see that within, like, our indigenous community. Like, it's not just about saying, you know, I'm Clinkit. It's about showing up. It's about being at these, like, being at these events. It's about um, language revitalization. It's about offering, the art what you form, have offer. offering what you have and showing up. And um, for me, that's been, wherever I go in a community, when I was in the Midwest, it was important for me to, volunteer and give back. And when I was in Seattle, it was important for me to volunteer and give back because I'm benefiting from the community. And if I am benefiting from the community, I need to be a part of the community. Um so with that here with within the LGBTQ plus community, Meryl and I co-facilitate Spectrum, which is an LGBTQ plus support group here in town. And, you know, that has both been a give and take of like People are showing up for support and having these conversations. And I'm also able to have conversations and heal in ways as an LGBTQ plus person. And I think, you know, that same balance ties into these conversations of like, it's not just me putting a shirt out there saying support LGBTQ plus youth. It's about me actually creating those spaces of support. And I think similar to a land acknowledgement, it's not about just saying, we recognize these horrific things that have happened. Okay, now where's the space? Where's the actual acknowledgement? Where's the action in that? Um, That's that's the follow-through. You don't just say, you know, I'm going to help you move next weekend and then not do it. The first year I started, we were able to cover fees for kids and cake to go to open gym for free. We were able to send soccer nets, um, dodgeballs and scooters and all these really cool things to cake. Um, we've done donations to Hattush Lachish and all these things that like they're actions because it's not just community matters because I'm wearing a hoodie or I'm making a design. Community matters because it is just like we're giving back together. This isn't something I've accomplished. This is something that we're all actively doing Together And recognizing how important these things are, these conversations, giving back, being a part of community, saying that like our values align and these values matter. Now, let's not just say it, let's do something about it. And that's like something that was important to my grandpa and my uncle. And that's something that's important to me. And it's amazing seeing how important that is to people in the community when they show up. And I see that they're like wearing something I made or bought something I made, and I'm like, you care about the things I care about. You care about community. You care about these conversations, and I can connect to you with that.
0: That land acknowledgements have become, like, a very standard thing, Um, which is great. You know, again, it's still in this educating kind of—
1: Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, Yeah. baby
0: steps, and it's like, but we're going to need action now behind that. So it's that that it's that idea of inviting accountability. Yeah. But it's
1: like, welcome to the conversation. Yeah, My favorite is like seeing the they stole more than land hoodies or the now like we stole more than land hoodies. And it's like, that is the difference. Like that is the difference right there. And that is like the most important lesson I can carry from my grandpa is like he was carrying the weight for our family. And then now seeing... we stole more than land and they stole more than land hoodies it's like we are carrying that weight of that conversation that's like a we community thing of because when someone says like sees they stole more than land and then someone like i have it all the time when i wear my hoodie i have like someone like pull me aside be like what does that mean i'm like okay let's talk about it and as an indigenous person it's like sometimes i do get burnt out of like having that conversation And now that people are wearing the we stole more than land, it's like, yeah, it is your responsibility to not just, like, acknowledge but have these conversations. And when it's on big letters on your back, you're forced to have those conversations and carry that weight with us of, like, this is what it means. This is what we did. And then we get to say, you know, this is what you did. This is the impact it has. And having those conversations, like, every day, is just, like, that's when we're going to start to really fully realize that bigger picture. And I love seeing it. Like, when I see youth walking around and, like, carrying that weight, when I see elders walking around and, like, continuously, I'm like, you've carried so much and still here you are, like, doing that thing. It's it's just, like, shows such a community effort.
0: Some of Chloe's work uses powerful imagery and her signature playfulness – to address the painful reality of religious missions in boarding schools, which became global news in 2021.
1: Some of the designs like um, build community, burn the church, like even let's go, let's do this, let's talk about the tough stuff and let's like spark some joy from it as like, what are we gonna do now? How are we gonna move forward? Let's build the community that we wanna build. And I think that's really special. You know, it is, like, respect to certain people to, like, let them have that prayer. But then I'm like, but how many elders are sitting in this room just, like, absolutely just, like, this has had such an impact on my family and this is so uncomfortable. But it's that we're taught to respect religion and let people have that freedom and that that comfort that, like, we're just supposed to sit in and be uncomfortable. Because of the realities of its impact. Yeah. I think that's, like, that is, like, the... The thing that I love of, like, with the, like, kill the colonizer, save the Indian, and the, like, the, like, build community, burn the church, and, like, seeing that same, like, same thing we're talking about of, like, feeling uncomfortable, watching people, like, visibly be like, oh, my God, like, kill the colonizer, oh, oh my gosh, and I'm like, but you're not having that reaction when they're teaching it, like, in history class or when someone tells you, like, that that, like, kill the Indian, like, save the man, like, you hadn't, do you have that same reaction? If you don't, you should. Being able to make people feel what you feel, like that's where we connect.
0: I'm thinking of, you know, 2021 and everything that indigenous communities across this whole continent really have known for decades and decades and decades was being uncovered. Yeah. And the whole world was watching in horror. Yeah. And it resulted in the Pope. Going to Canada and apologizing to some of those communities where residential schools were um, first uncovering these horrific grave sites of Indigenous children.
1: We look at a room full of elders and, like, you wonder how many more elders there would have been, what more knowledge there would be, like, all the people that are missing in the room. But then you also think of, like, the things that, like, we're watching people struggle with, like the things like that's also an apology, too, that's needed of like the wounds that like people are actively battling, the day to day, that hurt, and like the need from everybody to not just like watch us heal, but like contribute.
0: Yeah, it's like not enough, you yeah. know? Like, look at all of our communities and populations of people. Yeah. Who need a lot more resources. The yeah. apology is like that's long overdue. Yeah. And it's just the start. You know, there's a lot more needed than that. But it's work like that. Yeah. That kind of visual work and that kind of storytelling in your work yeah. that's so important.
1: The path of both like healing and because it is hard, I think people like see the designs I'm able to do and the cool things I'm able to do. But there's like a lot of like that hurt rooted in it. I Like I was raised knowing these conversations of boarding schools, but like seeing someone pull up physical pictures of people and saying this was this person's life, Mm -hmm. like those conversations hit harder because you're able to like really feel them where sometimes you hear about these like immense tragedies and you just how do you process all of that at once? You're like, I don't know what that's like. But you know what it's like to, you know, have an uncle who worked this job, had this family, and when you're hearing those like stories on like a smaller scale, you can really connect and feel them because you feel like you know them. Everything that you described about transforming your grandfather's work
0: into what is now this living body of yeah. your work, like,
1: has such clarity of focus. Is because I I do have a firm belief that one that they left too soon and also just that they would have given so much more to this community had they been here it needs to be explained to
0: audiences sometimes because they haven't had access to any other stories yeah
1: and i think that joy aspect is really important
0: why do we even need to have a term like native joy Mm -hmm. like why does why is that radical
1: Around the conversations of the blood quantum, I started to design like these little modern day indigenous people, like some have blonde hair, some have red hair and messy buns, and some have like black hair, rock and roll style, um, the Afro indigenous community, and just like the different ways that it looks to be indigenous, being raised around the conversation of the blood quantum and like this number that's associated with how indigenous you are that just really like divides us like i look back on photos of me as a little kid and some of my cousins have like brown hair brown eyes and i look so different and i never once felt different within my indigenous community because the blood quantum does not matter in the indigenous community um where it matters is the government. But it's like we hear it all the time growing up working in Southeast and working the docks, tourism season, and people are like, where are all the indigenous people everywhere? Because they're expecting regalia. They're expecting, like, you know, a certain way of what it looks like to be indigenous and we're here in t-shirts and skinny jeans, and we're here, like, looking all these different ways. We're out here looking hipster. We're, we're looking like, little commercial fishermen. We're, we're looking all different kinds of ways. Being Indigenous isn't just us. It's not us having to perform, and it's not us having to look a type of way all the time for us to be valid. It's something that is generational and it's deep and it's something it's a tie we feel to the land it's a tie we feel to each other it's an alignment of values and actions and traditions and it's so much more than like us being expected to perform and be something we feel it we talk about it but being able to visually see that and see like wow like there are so many facets to being indigenous like us sitting here We don't have to be at celebration. We don't have to like be at different cultural events. Like that, we're just indigenous. You wake up, you go to bed. um, We laugh, we might have better jokes, but like, like we're just like out here every day living indigenous. That joy, that success, that grief, we, we share it all and we share it together. And, like, that's that community that's being Indigenous. It's our community. It's beautiful and it's diverse. And we all look and do things differently.
0: I'd like to say, Kweinuk, big thanks to Chloe Kluckshaw-Kavanaugh for sharing her story with us and to you, the listeners, for spending time with us. I'm Chandra Ikugan Safran, and I've been your host for this episode of the Indigify Native Artists Series, created by Alexis Saleh. The series is a program of Kewanik Broadcast Corporation. Our theme music is Khamayorpeh by Inuk artist, Reet. This project is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, on the web at arts.gov, GCI, the Siri Foundation, supporting Alaska Native education, culture, and heritage since 1982, and Cook Inlet Tribal Council. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by Chandra Krugan-Safran, with thanks to Nola Moses at Native Voice One, KTOO Public Media, Kwanic Broadcast Corporation, and executive producer Alexis Salee.
1: Running with wolves. Forget <laughs> yeah. what you've learned. Let so, it go. It's Let it go. This is- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>